I'm so thankful for the spiritual grace of God, for He has given me very little physical grace. What's your favorite Christmas song? The last one? That was, yeah, that was a good one. Silent Night. We, God rest you, merry gentlemen. I heard something else. Rebel Jesus. That's a new one, John. Introduce that one to us, if you would. Don't know that one. What about um, Joy to the World? Anybody? Joy to the World? That's a really good one. Joy to the World, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and heaven and nature sing. Catchy song. I like it. Even people who don't normally get excited for Jesus like singing that song. Great hymn writer Isaac Watts wrote it accidentally. What he actually wrote was a poem. And a hundred years after he was dead, somebody found the poem and put some music to it. It became his most famous song, but he never heard it. And that's not all. That's not the only accident here. Although it's one of the most beloved Christmas carols of all time, it was never intended to be about Christmas at all. That's a little wrinkle in the story we're going to get to, so kind of take that and put it in your shirt pocket. We're going to bring that out in just a minute. It's easy enough to understand why it's so popular, though, right? I mean, it's really, like, catchy, good tune, and... The lyrics are memorable, and there's just the right amount of repetition for it to be memorable but not boring. And we all need some joy. Who needs some joy? The title of this message is Joy to the Messed Up World. It seemed fitting to me. We live in a world that's pretty messed up at times, a world where it, it can pile on the stress and the struggle. Even Christmas time gets crazy. Too much stuff to buy for too many people. Too many places to go in places that are too crowded. Too many things to do. We begin to understand the point of view of the Grinch. The Grinch did not hate Christmas. He hated chaos. I can identify with that. The Grinch just wanted to spend a quiet evening at home with his cool dog. 100% on board with that. Of course, there was the other side that the Grinch was, although he didn't quite know it, he was desperately lonely. He was very unhappy because he didn't have people. He thought people were the problem, and they were, just not in the way he believed. You see, Christmas can be a reminder of how busy we are, but it can also... Be a reminder of how busy we wish we were. Um, a, a reminder of some people who we wish we could celebrate Christmas with, and we can't this time. The overwhelming feeling of too much going on with Christmas is mirrored by the heartache of, of not having some people we would choose to have. It, if only life wasn't like that. If only life wasn't full of stress and struggles. If only there wasn't so much chaos If only the people in our families and in our workplaces and on the highways could act like they had some sense. You know who I'm talking about. They just had some sense. If only we could have some month 
some money left over at the end of the month instead of month left over at the end of our money. If only the world would be peaceful, then we could have some peace, some satisfaction, some joy. You spotted the problem with that, though, haven't you? You've already spotted the problem. Yeah. If having joy in our world requires our world to always be joyful, we're out of luck. In this messed up world, we will have pain and problems. We will have conflict and confusion. There's always going to be conflict on the outside. So the only way we can have joy is to have joy on the inside despite what's going on on the outside. That's what true joy is. Here's your definition of joy. True joy is inner contentment despite outer conflict. Conflict on the outside, contentment on the inside. Now, how is that possible? We live in a world that, that seems, well, hell-bent on stealing our joy. I think that's a proper way to put that. We live in a world like that. How can we have inner contentment in a messed up world that wants to steal our joy all the time? Well, what's the song say? Help me out. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. Who's the Lord? The Lord Jesus. Simplest way I can put it is this. I know this sounds too simple. But Jesus equals joy. J equals J. I know I'm supposed to say that because I'm the preacher guy, right? If the preacher guy doesn't say Jesus equals joy, then we've got a problem. I'm the preacher guy. But just because I'm the preacher guy and I say it doesn't mean it's not applicable. Say your car is not running and you take your car to a mechanic and the mechanic lifts the hood and there's no engine in your car. And the mechanic looks at you and says, I think I've spotted your problem. You don't have an engine in this car. Are you going to be skeptical because it was a mechanic who told you that you don't have an engine? Well, the car got there. Okay, okay. So what if uh, you're, you're going to say, no, 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 come on. It's obvious. I mean, if there's no engine, that makes sense. Or if he says, hey, look, you've got an engine, but for some reason you've stuffed it into the back seat of your car. It's not in the right place. You need to move it from the back seat up here to the main, to the, like in the center of the engine compartment, and then your car will run. Are you going to look at him like he's crazy? No. It does not take a rocket surgeon to figure out the problem. Well, if you don't have inner contentment, you don't have joy, and you look in your heart, and Jesus ain't there, it's not real hard. Or if he's there, but he's stuffed in the back seat, you do not have to have a theological degree from a Landmark Seminary, I always mix those two up, to understand what's going on. I want to read a passage of Scripture to you. We're going to see, look, when, if you want joy in this messed up world, you're going, to have, you're going to have to have inner contentment despite outer conflict. And the only way to have that is to have Jesus in the right place. This might be 
what we would consider. We would think of this as, a, as maybe a passage that inspired the song Joy to the World. I'll go ahead and tell you that it is not. But it would seem that it would be. This is in Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. This is the story of how Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Love this passage of Scripture. And I want to go old school for this. If you grew up in church back in the day, chances are the first translation of the Bible you ever heard was the King James Version. And I think it just reads so beautifully in that particular translation here. The world I grew up in, that's all there was. There was nothing else. And, uh, but I think this is perfectly stated in that very poetic musical translation of the Bible. If you've ever seen the Charlie Brown Christmas special, it's one of my favorite Christmas movies. And Linus, Charlie Brown says, can't anybody tell me what Christmas is all about? And, and Linus walks out on the stage and he drops his blanket and he recites this. So let's do this and let's pray. And y'all pray for my allergies, please, if you don't want to hear me cough this whole time. So thank you. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold... I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at these things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things which they had heard and seen as it was told to them. Heavenly Father, thank you for such a beautiful, wonderful, true story of your son coming to bring joy to the world. And I pray you'll help us to understand that he wants to bring joy to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So look at uh, verse 10. Verse 10. These shepherds received good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. They were among the first to experience the joy of Jesus. Life as a shepherd was not easy. First of all, they worked the night shift. Any of you ever worked the night shift? Weird things happen on the night shift. Day shift don't believe the weird stuff that happens on night shift. Now imagine when the day shift shepherds came in and these guys said, well, there were some angels and there was a... Miracle baby. And day shift is saying, I don't know what y'all been, well, what's in the coffee you're drinking, night shift? I mean, it's kind of weird. Shepherding, of course, was a difficult and dirty job. They spent all of their time with sheep. They had very little opportunity for hygiene. So they smelled like sheep and like the stuff that comes out of sheep. They slept outdoors on the ground. They had almost no comforts. 
in modern nativity scenes, those shepherds always show up and they're like very clean and very groomed and look very well rested. That could not possibly be accurate. These guys would have looked like something the sheep dragged in. But here they get a short break from their difficult everyday reality. A little time off of work to celebrate the Christmas baby. Kind of like us. Here we are. It's coming up Christmas and, and we'll get some time off to celebrate. A nice little change of pace. Hopefully sharing some holiday cheer and Christmas joy with people we care about and care about us. And, uh, but then what? What happens after Christmas is over? Back to work. Back to reality, back to the same old pain and problems, same old conflict and confusion, back to the life in a world that conspires against our joy. Shepherds had to go back to work too. Verse 20 actually tells us, and the shepherds returned. Where did they return to? Back to work, back to the field. They didn't even really get a day off for Christmas. Had not been established as a red letter holiday just yet. And they back back to work. Back to the same old sheep, same old struggles. Not a single thing had changed about their situation. But everything had changed about their hearts. Scriptures say they went around in excitement and joy telling everybody about Jesus. And they returned to their work glorifying and praising God. Same old pain, same old problems, same old conflict, same old confusion. But this time they have joy. Same outer conflict, new inner contentment. What changed? What's the difference? What's different than it was the night before this? What's different? Why is their heart different? Just one thing. Jesus. Just one thing is different. Jesus is different. Jesus is there now. Now, I told you at the beginning that Joy to the World was never intended to be a Christmas song, and that is true. You say, well, wait a minute. Isn't it about Jesus arriving in the world, bringing joy? Absolutely it is. Only not at Christmas. Christmas is the celebration of the first arrival of Jesus as a baby. Joy to the World is intended to refer to the second arrival of Jesus, not as a baby, but as a king. So that's what Isaac Watts was thinking about when he wrote the words that became Joy to the World. Uh, Joy to the World. The Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Joy to the world. The Savior reigns. Jesus came first as a baby who became a suffering Savior. He is returning as a conquering king. And heaven and nature will sing. The earth will be healed. Nature brought into balance. He will lift the curse of sin from this world. And there will be peace. There will be joy. That's what's going to happen when he comes back. The day is coming when Jesus will change the circumstances around us. It won't be like it is now. There won't be drama in your family anymore. There will not be shortage of provision for the things you need. 
There will not be aches and pains and all the struggles of living in this mortal body. It's going to be different. The world will no longer rob us of peace. And one of those promises, one of many promises about this is in Isaiah 65. I want to read that to you real quick. Isaiah 65, 17 through 25. This is referring to the period after uh, Jesus returns. It's sometimes called the millennial reign, the millennial period. Um, and not, not the same as the millennial generation that we have today. It's a millennial period, a time of peace on earth. And if you are a believer, you'll get to be a part of this. Verse 17. For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth. The former shall not be remembered nor come to mind, but be glad and rejoice forever in what I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem as a rejoicing and her people a joy. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and joy in my people. The voice of weeping shall no longer be heard in her, nor the voice of crying. No more shall an infant there live but a few days, nor an old man who has not fulfilled his days. For the child shall die 100 years old. Let me just explain that. Someone who lives to be 100 and doesn't make it past that would be considered to have had a very short life. Uh, there will be some people who, who are... Um, you know, mortal humans in this time, you know, and then there'll be the people who are believers now who will be immortal. And that's, boy, that's a lot to explain. And uh, we'll get back around to that someday. But anyway, uh, the sinner will, uh, being 100 years old, shall be accursed. They shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build another, another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. So they were used to that idea that they would work so hard and then the Babylonians or somebody would come in and just steal everything they worked for. That wouldn't happen anymore. <coughs> for as the days of a tree, so shall be the days of my people, and my elect shall long enjoy the work of their hands, and they shall not labor in vain nor bring forth children for trouble. For they shall be the descendants of the blessed of the Lord and their offspring with them. And it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they are still speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together. The lion shall eat straw like an ox. And the dust shall be the serpent's food. In other words, complete peace even in the animal kingdom. All right. No more lions catching the poor little gazelles. It'll be a documentary about gazelles this time. You notice in the lion documentary, he catches the gazelle and it's like, yay. But it's in the gazelle documentary, it's, all, it's bad. It's the same thing. Anyway, they shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, says the Lord. So the angel made the announcement to the shepherds outside of Bethlehem that night that there would be peace on earth, goodwill towards men. And to a degree that has happened. But has it happened on a global scale? Not yet. We're still waiting on that. But peace and joy are available to us right here and right now. If you want them. Here's the powerful truth. Please don't miss this. Jesus is coming again to bring peace on earth. But first he came to bring peace in us. Our joy is founded on that truth. Jesus will return and set the world right. He will change your circumstances in a good way. But you can still have joy right now while the, st the world is still messed up. Don't wait on your circumstances to change. Your circumstances do not have to dictate your joy. Joy is inner contentment despite outer conflict. 
the circumstances are going to continue to be a problem. Even if you have what most people would call an easy life, and I bet none of you would raise your hand and say your life is easy. Conflict on the outside is inevitable. But joy on the inside is available. Joy to the messed up world. The Lord is come. And he's coming back. Last time I preached on joy was December of 2019. I thought the world was already messed up then. Wave at me if you thought the world was messed up already by December 2019. Then it got so much more messed up. COVID hit. And we're like, we kind of thought it was bad already. We kind of thought life was confusing and difficult. And then here comes COVID. And the messed up world got a lot more messed up. And I, I don't think I fully understood at the time, you know, inside me, I was struggling. Boy, was I struggling. I was going through a, a season of depression and discouragement. And somebody would say, well, I don't remember you being sad during that time. Well, I didn't show it, you know. It was inside. And it, it was going to get a lot worse before it got a lot better. Um, if you had asked me in December 2019, if I knew what joy was, I'd say, yeah, I know what joy is. I'm the guy with the job of teaching people what joy is. Of course, I know what joy is. But I'm kind of not sure now. I mean, I knew the theory. I knew what it's supposed to be. But maybe I didn't know it like I thought I knew it. At that point, I thought me and my family had been through a lot. Some of you know our story. Katie's health had just been awful. And, and we'd bounced back. We had came very close to to losing our home before we sold it and we had kind of got a soft landing place after that we'd been through so so much and i was like okay whew, it's time now for things to get easier that's a dumb thing to say that never works i thought we'd weathered our storms i was wrong in the months leading up to to the really the tough part of the pandemic i was i was just going through some of the deepest darkness i'd ever been through then covid hits and the crazy world gets way crazier and katie got sicker and sicker and some of you will remember she got so sick in 2020 that um we almost lost her again we didn't fully appreciate how close she came then she had a a medical device in her body that was going septic and we came so close to losing her again that fall it was so 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 tough now i, I look back on those times and i keep a prayer journal I, I don't know if anybody else does that i recommend it strongly keep some kind of a prayer journal even if you can write like a line in it every day or every couple days or even every week i look back on it and i can kind of see maybe what my problem was I was so focused on my, my own pain and my own struggles. And those were real things. We really were struggling. And I really was carrying a lot of burden, a lot of pain. I was so centered on that. But if I was centered on my 
my disappointments and my pain and my struggles, what was not in the center? Who was not in the center? Jesus wasn't in the center. He was in the car in the back seat. But he wasn't the engine under the hood in my life. Not at that point. And I didn't really understand that. I would have said, oh yeah, of course Jesus is at the center. But you know how time is. You look back and you're like, ah, man, come on. As a matter of fact, I can look back on virtually every season of darkness in my life and what I find is this, that during those seasons, I had shifted my center away from Jesus. And it was only when I recentered on Him again that my joy returned. And the season of deep discouragement came to an end. Not always because the circumstances changed, but because where I was centered changed. Four years later, a lot of very painful lessons learned. And now if somebody asked me what joy is, I probably wouldn't spout out some deep theological explanation. Because frankly, deep theological explanations are not what you need when you are barely hanging on. You need something to hang on to. And after everything, after every heartache and mistake, there is one truth that I think I understand now better more than ever. And it's this. Jesus is joy. Joy is not the absence of struggle. Joy is the presence of Jesus. When I have lost sight of that, I have lost my joy. When I have recentered on that, I have rediscovered joy. Let me say there's absolutely a place for getting treatment and counseling for things like depression. Um, there are chemical factors that can't be ignored. The great physician is the one who gives skill and wisdom and understanding to good physicians. But even if you do all that, you can still miss out on joy. Even if your circumstances are pretty good, you can still miss out on joy. It's only, we, we only when we find inner contentment in Jesus can we have joy in this messed up world. Inner contentment despite outer conflict. That's it. That's the message for today. That's the thing you need to take home. That's what Jesus brings. You want joy? Then you need to trust in Jesus. And you need to do everything you can to keep Him in the center of your life as your focus. If you are losing joy, stop. And do everything you can to recenter on Him. And keep doing that every time. Until maybe you'll recognize sooner, whoa, I'm drifting got to get back and then someday we won't have to do that anymore because jesus will have returned and brought joy to the world he will be present and close enough for us to reach out and touch and the world won't be messed up anymore amen no more messed up world then until then the world will remain messed up sorry but you don't have to be you can have joy when you put Jesus right in the center. Let's go to the Lord in prayer.
Heavenly Father, oh, I pray for myself and for all of us. I pray for every single soul that they would trust in Jesus as Savior and keep Him right in the center. And that we might understand that there's joy in Him even when our circumstances are bad and difficult. God, give us the courage to be people who do not deny the pain and the struggle, but trust in Jesus despite the pain and the struggle and find joy in Him. God Almighty, this Christmas season, please center us on Your Son, Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. 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 I'll do what I can, Mike. Can you be, boy, that's a, thanks for giving me such an easy softball question there, Mike. You lobbed that one right in there, didn't you? Okay, so inner contentment is not quite the same as happy-go-lucky. Okay, so I would say that there are times when Jesus was unhappy with what he saw. We just read two weeks ago about how he turned over tables. That does not sound like the actions of a man who's happy with his situation. But he had inner joy. So I would say that being happy or appearing happy and acting happy is not the same as inner contentment and trust. So I think part of being human is sometimes our, our happiness will be shaken. And there are a lot of folks that say, well, happiness and joy are two different things. And maybe we can parse it like that. So, yeah, I would say sometimes you're going to be unhappy and probably should be unhappy with the situation, especially if it is not right or if you recognize something in yourself that, whoa, whoa, this isn't right, I should not be happy with this. But it doesn't have to mean we don't have peace. Does that work for you? All right. All right. Well, there you go. And uh, before, uh, I don't mind questions, by the way. You know, the first church I pastored, I had a guy who started showing up. He'd never been to church before. He did not, he just like, he didn't understand any like the protocols. I was in the middle of the sermon, Mike, and he stood up. I said, Pastor, I have a question about this, this, this. And I just answered it. It was like, no big deal. I think some people gave him kind of the stink eye. And it was like, and he, and he didn't come back much after that. And I was kind of mad about that because that was the guy who needed to be there. So I don't care. about Questions, they don't bother me. I'll just roll with it. I did enough kids ministry and youth ministry through the years. Man, I ain't saying you can't surprise me, but you're going to have to work at it. All right? It can be done. You're going to have to put in some effort. All right, so... That's it. That's all I got. All right. Um, next week is our is our Christmas play. The sweet, adorable little kids are going to be up here doing their thing. So come and enjoy that. Okay. Probably won't be a real long service next week. I won't have a real long message. All right. This is going to be a lot of fun, though. God bless you. I hope you have a, a wonderful week and keep centering on Jesus. Take care. I just